Hi guys, welcome back. We're going to read chapter 8 today and see who these new children are and if Nina can become friends with them. Here we go. Chapter 8. All three faces stared resentfully back at Nina. She had never seen such filthy, ragged children in all her life. After two days in prison, with her dress torn and blood-soaked, her face streaked with tears and dirt, her braid ties lost, Nina knew she wasn't exactly a fashion plate herself. But these kids looked, and smelled, come to think of it, like they'd been born in one of Auntie Lystra's precious garbage dumps. They had dirt caked on their cheeks. They had smears of who knows what dribbled down their patched, baggy clothes. Their matted hair hung ragged in ragged clumps into their eyes. It was impossible to tell if they were boys or girls. Nina wouldn't even have been surprised to discover if they were neither, but some, some sort of strange human-like animal she'd never heard of. Then they started talking. We are all older than five, the middle one said. We're just small for our ages. The smallest one nodded vigorously. Matthias is ten, Percy is nine, and I am six. And what's your name? Nina asked gently. Aliyah, the child answered. Aliyah. So the littlest one was a girl? How can I betray a little girl? Girl, Nina asked herself. When Nina was six, her aunties had taken turns holding her on their lap, teaching her to read. Gran herself was in charge of math lessons, and Auntie Rhoda taught her how to spell. Nina could still remember how it felt to snuggle so cozily in Auntie's lap, in a big armchair, with a book balanced on her knees. No matter how cold it got in their apartment, Nina always felt warm when she was six. And this six-year-old girl was huddled in a damp jail cell waiting to die? If you don't mind, the biggest one, Matthias asked, I think we'll put, on, we'll put out the candle now. We only have the one, but we wanted to get a good look at you. Oh, go ahead, Nina said, though she longed for light. Two days in darkness had been much too long. My turn, Elias said joyfully. She leaned over and blew. The flame vanished. Nina longed for it to come back. But in the darkness, I can trick them more easily. They won't be able to tell from my face when I am lying. Was Nina, was Nina going to lie to them? She couldn't decide. So who are you? An unfamiliar voice. Percy's? Asked in the darkness. And Nina was already lost. Which name should she say? Which names had they told her, real or fake? She had trouble imagining anyone wanting to name their kid Percy. So they were probably still pretending to be the people of their fake IDs that they, um, their fake IDs said they were. You can call me Nina, she said cagily, but my real name is... No, don't say it, Elias screamed. We think they might be listening, Matthias explained in a whisper. So what, Nina said recklessly. They're going to kill us anyway. Somehow Nina could feel the shocked silence on the other side of the room. Even in the dark where she could picture those three grimy faces agape with horror. 
No, they're not, Elias said. They're going to find out we're innocent, and then they're going to release us. Elias' voice was buoyant with hope, calm and confident. Did she really believe what she was saying? Was she that stupid? Just from the way the three kids had huddled together in the brief moments that the candle had been lit, Nina could tell that Mateus and Percy watched out for Elias. But the boys, not wanting a hysterical six-year-old on their hands, had filled her head with lies. Everything's okay. They won't hurt us. We'll get out soon. Or was Elias acting for the purpose of the population police? They thought were listening. Maybe one of the boys had told Elias, act like you think we're innocent and maybe they'll believe it. But could a six-year-old act so convincingly? Anyway, how could they possibly think the population police were listening? Or no, if Nina told the population police everything, wasn't it like they were listening through Nina's ears? Nina rubbed her forehead. Everything was a muddle. How could she ever get these kids to trust her and spill all their secrets now? Did she really want them to tell her all their secrets? I could find out their secrets and just not tell the population police, she told herself. How long have you been here? She asked, trying to keep her voice casual, like she didn't really care, but didn't have anything else to do but ask questions. Nobody answered right anyway. Nina thought about Nina thought maybe they were whispering together on the side of the room. Then Percy spoke up. We don't really know. It's hard to tell day from night down here. They've only brought us food three times, Elias said helpfully. How were you arrested, Nina asked. Again, it was a while before anyone answered. Nina wished so badly she could see them. We were standing in line to buy cabbage, all three of all three of us, Mateus finally added. The population police came through the market checking IDs. They said ours were fake, so they arrested us. But they're not fake, Aliyah interrupted. They're real, and the population police should know that. Do you hear me? Aliyah's voice was direct, not at Nina, but at the door. Her words echoed so loudly, Nina could barely hear the two boys shushing her. Nina decided to pretend she didn't notice. Why haven't your parents come to get you out? Nina asked. Don't got any parents, Elias said. Nina noticed the way she said that. Don't got any? Not our parents are dead, or we live with our grandparents, or it'd be our aunt coming for us. Who takes care of you? Nina asked cautiously. We take care of ourselves, Elias said hotly. And this time Nina was sure the boys were whispering to Aliyah, telling her not to say anything else. A miserable lump filled Nina's throat. Filthy as they were, at least those three kids had one another. Nina wanted someone to huddle with too. If Jason were here... No, not Jason. He is dead now. And anyway, he had betrayed her. How could she forget? Remembering his hugs made her skin crawl. Thinking about his kisses made her wish that she'd punched him in the nose instead of kissing back. Why hadn't she challenged him? You keep saying we ought to do something about third children's rights, something like the famous Jen Talbot's rally, so why don't we? 
Nina could have exposed him as a fake right then and there. She could have been a hero like Jen. Instead, she was about to become a traitor. And that is the end of chapter 8. Post your titles.